What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast, episode 173. We are coming up on 200. This week, Sean and I jumped right in and we talked about America. Uh, feels good to be back. Feels good to be an American this week. Happy to say. After that, we talked about some more fun things. We talked NBA, MLB, some off-season things. Had to clean a few things up. After that, we talked about Sean's favorite college football. Obviously, I jumped in and gave my expertise in that. Following that, I got a little giddy, talked about the Masters, broke down some of my favorites, broke down a lot of storylines, and then we talked NFL. Uh, depressing times as a New York fan, but Sean and I talked about our picks. I'm going 4-0 this week. Sean is going 2-2, and we are going to take a commanding lead. We'll be back next week with some NBA draft, some Masters, NFL, all that good stuff. Follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports, on Instagram, Sorry underscore Sports. Check out the website, SorrySports.com, and if you have anything to say, shoot us an email, SorrySports at Yahoo.com. Enjoy the weather, and enjoy the football Sunday. Everybody, welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We're here right before kickoff on a Sunday before Week Nine. It's been a wild week, my friend. Last time I left you, you were doing a haunted house thing. Uh, how was that? And how's your week been? Uh, ups and downs, some big ups. Feels good to be an American this week. Uh, the haunted house was very scary, worth the price of admission. Um, good. I'm, I'm easily startled. It's one of those things where I see the guy standing there. I know he's going to scare me, but when he does, I still get scared like a little fucking girl. Well, hey, it's 2020, a little than... child, a little child. Yeah, well, I was going to say, there's little girls who probably do a lot better than you. I must say, um, I am home at my mom's house today, so if you do hear my dog crying to try and get in the door and hang out with me, uh, I don't have any children or animals locked up. It's just my dog <laughs> trying to hang out and getting pissed off at me that I'm not giving her attention. There's worse things so shout to, out to Sadie. than that, right? Yes. Shout out to Sadie. Awesome, awesome. Um, I don't do haunts. Uh, I don't do scary shit, so uh, you wouldn't find me at a haunted house, so I'll give you credit for uh, you know, first time, some of your fears there. First time. I'm 26 years old. First time going to a haunted house. Uh, said I'd never do it again, but my girlfriend said I can't wait to go next year, so it sounds like well, I'm doing it again, buddy. You got you got that to look forward to. Yep. Um a little uh, humor to start the pod, and before we go into our sports, in which there is plenty, Tom, you hinted at it, and it feels good to be an American right now. It, it was a crazy week, um, and I'd like to get you know your thoughts and how you were handling the stress of the last few days, all the way from election night on Tuesday through when we got the news yesterday around 11 a.m. Eastern time that Joe Biden was voted as the 46th president-elect, and... Um, Kamala Harris making history as the first woman, first African-American woman to be the VP elect. Um, I was nervous as hell. It was a whirlwind few days. Um, you know, the different networks counting a little bit differently. It was pretty interesting to see Fox News put Arizona, call Arizona Tuesday night. Yeah, I did some research on that, actually. That. Um, okay. What'd you find? The reason being was because Fox News and the Associated Press um, decided to branch off from the rest of the news networks and all news outlets in their in the way that they count the votes 
um, because it was such a shit show in 2016. So they did things a little differently and basically, I don't know how their algorithm worked, but it gave them Arizona really early, ended up working out for them. Um, but that's why if you watch Fox News, I didn't, or checked your Apple News or Google, just Googled the election, they had 263 what was it? Four days earlier than than the rest of the the news because Fox News they, and the yeah, Associated they, they added, Press decided, and Google and Apple go off the Associated Press. So that's why. That's really interesting. I, I appreciate you shedding light into that because I found it interesting that Fox News of all people were the ones that were calling it, and the Trump Trump was not didn't happy. Take it too well. No, no, they were they were livid, demanding that hilarious they because Fox News is one of the main reasons why Trump even ran for president and then they obviously have been big supporters of Trump throughout and then they were the and then he was cursing them on his way out so um, cuz they had him on Fox News talk giving his political outlooks i mean back in 2010 2011 2012 mm-hmm. so i mean it's it's funny how things go yeah it is he may um, be competing with them i i know he says he's going to run for 2024 I'm praying that that fizzles out, or I'm I'm also praying that within four years the Republicans can come up with a much better uh, human being as well as candidate. But he may start his own news network as well, so he might be competing with Fox News. He might be doing that from jail too. Who knows? Or from another country because he said if he lost, uh, he would leave, which is I find hilarious because everybody else who said if he won, they'd leave to get the hell out. So um, I just want to give this little. Uh, disclosure here, and I know you're going to agree, and I want to hear what you have to say too, but just kind of my little PSA here. You know, it's a great day because everybody who listens to us knows our leanings, and it's really not ever been a political thing. I mean, neither of us are political commentators. We've pretty much always prefaced our statements with that, right? But we, we do take into account basic human values and mm-hmm. character and empathy and all of the traits that make a well-rounded good person that we would choose to spend our time with and the people that we look up to uh, and try to surround ourselves with. And the office of the president, the most hallowed you know, position in all of the free world, has been uh, completely shat on by this guy for the last four years. And I felt proud proud and, and prideful yesterday when I saw Biden win. And he gave a great speech, I thought, in, in his classic way. Kamala did the same. Um, but I just feel good that dignity, respect, and, and all of those altruistic values are going to be brought to the White House again. And I'm not going to have to wake up worrying about what which of our allies hates us today and him firing an epidemiologist or tweeting something at 4 a.m. or calling a very credible journalist a idiot because she doesn't subscribe to his ideas or ask a question he deems unfair. Um, I don't know if you saw Van Jones's um, comments on CNN yesterday. He, he kind of broke down talking about how uh, it's easier to be a father today. It's easier to be a role model today. And uh, I feel the same way, um, just as a person. I, I, I'm very proud and happy that the general public turned out in mass and voted uh, for change because they were as disgraced as we've been. Yeah, um, it is easier to be an American. I think hope's a big word, gives you a lot of hope. I mean, Joe Biden's not the greatest candidate of all time, but he is a decent human being. And if that's the least that he could be, then I will take that. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I don't know if I've expressed it before, but I'm registered as an independent, so I don't even lean Democrat. I just lean good person. So I'm happy to have that. 
I'm happy to have hope in this country for the first time it feels like in four years. And at the end of the day for me, and, and people may ask why you're registered as independent, why you leaned towards Biden, I guess we pretty much alluded to that anyways, and it's because sometimes things are bigger than money at the end of the day. And, and money seems to rule the world. I think about it a lot. I'm not rich. You're not rich. But things are bigger than money. And um our future is much bigger than money. So at the end of the day, that's how I feel about it. Shame on the Trump supporters in the certain states that were one state shouting, stop the count, next state shouting, continue the count. I mean, these are the people that'll turn around and shit on um, people on the left for processing for equal rights and all these other things. So I mean, I haven't really met a Trump supporter, and this is not to say that they're all racist or anything like that, because I don't agree with that, but I haven't really met a Trump supporter that hasn't been able to talk out of both sides of their mouths in a long time. Couldn't agree with you more, man. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you on hope, and that was really what Biden has been pushing. That's pretty much what his speech culminated with last night. That's what his campaign was on. It wasn't that I'm going to be the best president, and it wasn't that I'm going to get all of this shit done. But he announced last night that his first order on Monday is going to be to get an entire coalition of, um, of, of scientists together to, to work on COVID. And that was very refreshing. And yeah, yep. you're right. I mean, we're both kind of of the age where we've, we haven't been around in politics or haven't been able to vote for too long. This was only my third election I could vote in. My second. And yeah. So, I mean, I think we have kind of a jaded idea of how the government's going to help us truly, you know, whether it be Republican or Democrat. But at least I can listen to the person giving the press briefings at the White House, uh, which is not his house. It's our house, meaning the American people's, because we put that that person in there and we're not going to be embarrassed anymore. We're not going to be ashamed. Our allies won't hate us. We're not going to be a national disaster. We're not going to be an international you know, joke. And uh, I think that's very calming, and, and I'm happy to have that back. So congratulations to President-elect Biden and Vice President-elect Harris. Congratulations to them. Feels good to be an American. Um, and yeah, I, I'm just, I feel a lot better about it today. A lot of things you can say, but um, let's just hope we can look forward to a better nation, period. I think we're already there, man, and uh, uh, that makes me that makes me very happy. It makes you very happy, and I hope everybody listening it makes you very happy as well. And now we can get into the candy store, which is sports again, my man. Um, yes, sir. A little NBA stuff just to get going. A couple legalese here. The NBA league and the uh, players' association settled on a December twenty second start date that'll have seventy two regular season games. Um, what did you think of that decision and do you think it's the right move? Yeah, I think that they're looking ahead to the, I guess it would be 2021 season and they don't want to lose any money there. They want their start date to be right around Halloween as it always is. They don't want to cross paths too much with football, um, especially in the summer being college as well as the NFL in the late summer to early, um, fall. Um, they also realized that not too many people, even if they are the only show in town, watch television in the summer months, understandably so. Um, you're not always going to have a 75-degree day in November, which is beautiful. I hope everybody's enjoying the weather up here on the East Coast. Um, and, and also, there's a lot of money implications. I mean, there's, they could they could put a lot of – 40% of the players' salaries in escrow. I mean – if you're Steph Curry, to give you an example, making, what is it, $40 million a year, 
not to mention the amount of taxes that he's paying in California as well as obviously federal taxes. He's losing 40% of that on top. Yeah, it's a huge deal, and I think that's how they came together because at first you heard Danny Green go on a Ringer podcast and say that, well, you know, people like LeBron won't show up or, you know, we're not going to start till January or whatever. And listen, players will have the ability if they so choose. I'm interested to see what some of the players in the bubble who were there for three-plus months, like guys on the Heat and the Lakers and the Nuggets and that's what allowed, have That's a loud minority, my friend, because I think players like LeBron and everything, obviously LeBron is pretty set financially, probably close to a billionaire at this point, but... 90%, 95% of the players wanted to play, even with the bubble, even though at the beginning the loud minority was was putting up fights. I think it's important to also say that it's going to affect the salary cap, and they're going to have to have a false cap. Because um, some, some of these owners are, are hurting right now, just like everybody else in Corona. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I was I was just going to finish the statement with I, I'm interested to see how many of them actually start the season, not meaning that they're boycotting or whatever. Obviously, the league's going forward with this. I'm just wondering if, hey, we're going to see load management really be managed <laughs> uh, to start the season with a couple of these guys. But you're right. And, you know, the biggest thing that we're talking about in, in regard to these owners losing a tremendous amount of money is 72 games get you to your RSN cap. And yes. that's the regional sports networks. And that's what you have to do to pay a lot of these salaries. And if you're not going to have fans in the stands, or even if you're hoping to have some fans in the stands, I saw that is something that the NBA is talking about. It's going to be very limited capacity. You know, you're talking maybe 20%, maybe 25% in certain places. So you're going to have to make some of that money up somehow. And the RSN cap is how you're going to do that. I'd be Um, shocked, honestly. I I think this country's in for COVID. We have obviously not turned the corner, as our former president would say. Uh, 120,000 new cases in one day. Uh, I'm curious to see if we're we're in for more of a shutdown and and kind of taking a few steps back. You know, I it seems to me like all of these sports and all of these commissioners and players associations and Adam Silver even hinted at it when they announced that they had agreed with the players association on this schedule that this is something that's just going to have to be managed. It's not going to be smooth. It's going to be. It's not going to be a bubble this time. It's. It's going to be a little clunky. I'm sure you're going to see in the NBA what we've seen in the NFL and yep. in baseball and in college football, and we're going to see it in college basketball too. You're going to have a team get shut down a little bit. They're going to have to figure it out and work through it. But I don't see there being a world in which they don't have. They don't get through this. They know they have to. They know the financial implications are too great. And uh, I would. I would not predict. I would not predict a shutdown in any way. Uh, unless absolute disaster struck, which means, you know, a player to die from coronavirus. Outside of that, I think they're going to trudge forward. Yeah, I agree with you. I was just curious to see your take on it. Um, Another thing we got coming up in the NBA is the draft. Yeah, man, a week from Wednesday. How are you feeling about 10 days out? Or are we not talking about that yet? Um, We're not talking about that yet. I'm going to do some research, and I think we should do a deep dive on it next week. Um, Because we need to be looking at some prospects. I really like Wiseman. I'm so high on him. Um, I like RJ Hampton coming out of the back end of the lottery. I think, I mean, there's different reasons as to why Michael Porter fell in the lottery. Obviously injuries. RJ Hampton, it was more because he went over to New Zealand as opposed to going to the draft. But this guy was a top five prospect coming out of high school. And I think... We're not in a Cam Reddish situation. I think he's a better shooter and more athletic than Cam Reddish, if you can believe that. And I think he's going to be a steal for whoever takes him. But we'll talk more into that come next week. 
Yeah, uh, just to close up on uh, on Hampton for you, uh, read a couple articles talking about how it would probably be a reach for the Knicks at eight, but it would be great for a team in either the very back end of the lottery or anywhere from like 15 to 20. So that's interesting. The rich is going to um, get richer just like Denver in that situation. Yeah, man. I mean, you look at a team like that who's ready to pounce. Um, so that'll be interesting. Actually, uh, Hampton went on the Ryan Rosillo pod um, and gave a pretty good interview and, and talked about his experience overseas So, and the draft prep. So uh, that was a pretty interesting listen. Um, so we'll, we'll obviously do a nice deep dive on that. I like that idea um, in the next 10 days. Heading over to baseball, just a little housekeeping here. Obviously, Steve Cohen, it's now officially official. We're not going to talk about Steve Cohen and the Mets ever again as far as purchasing the team. But one We will be I talking found, about Steve Cohen and the Mets, just not about the purchase. Not about the purchase. No, no, that's, that's about... Sure, guys like Mike Phillips, who we've had on the pod many a time, he's a friend of the pod, shout out to him, are very excited. Hey, and we talked about this a lot last week. Uh, uh, and what's really exciting was about an hour into him being officially the owner of the New York Mets, Brody Van Wagenen and his entire staff were gone. Um, so finally putting an end to that era of Mets management. Uh, what do you think of him just completely doing a clean sweep? It seems like he's doing the Jeter role here with the Mets. I, I mean, they haven't been doing well recently, so I understand getting rid of everybody and wanting to get your own guys in there, and it was a move that was kind of anticipated. I'm not surprised by it at all. Me neither. What do you think of uh, him bringing uh, Sandy Alderson back? I, I love that move, honestly. I f- he was the manager of the t- or the or he was the uh, GM of the team or president of baseball ops, whatever he was, the last time they were good, so I love that too. Yep, and he had to navigate that with uh, really, really tight purse strings. Not this time. Now he'll actually be able to spend. Alex Cora in the least surprising and least classy move by the Red Sox as the nation is on edge on Friday about who the president is going to be. Just slide they that one in that there. Alex, huh? Ho- that Alex Cora is back. What's that? I said they're just going to slide that one in there when nobody else could really notice it because there's much bigger things at hand. Right, yeah, and hey, good for them. Um, what'd you think of Cora coming back? Guy won a World Series with the team, whether it was clean or not. I mean, I, I think it's the right move. Yeah, I think if you're a fan of that team, you feel pretty damn good because, like you said, guy wins your World Series. Don't have much and, else hey, to feel good about. No, that team no, has a barren I, farm farm system, and they do not have a lot of good professional players either, especially on the pitching side. I think this team is in for a little bit of a transitional period, but if you're going to trust anybody to handle that, it's going to be Alex Cora. We'll talk uh, MLB free agency his due. later on. Yeah, I mean, we got yeah, we we have time. We'll, we probably won't do anything really until like the winter meetings start, which are, is going to be virtual this year. Surprise, surprise. Tom, are you ready to talk your favorite sport, college football? I'm ready to go, man. A um, couple upsets this week. Notre Dame's looking pretty good. I mean, I know they beat the backup, but Clemson's still a good team. I guess we should lead with the news of the day, which is Clemson going down to no- going losing to Notre Dame. There you in, go. What was it? Double overtime. Double overtime in the worst overtime system in prof- in uh, all of sports. I, I was about to say professional sports because it feels like that sometimes. But, yeah, 47-40, Notre Dame upsets Clemson. They ended up tying it with 15 seconds left in regulation and ended up tying it uh, in overtime as well to send it to double overtime. They scored first and then got a stop. Clemson's backup quarterback is pretty good, but he's not Trevor Lawrence or, or your sweet, sweet prince. Mm-hmm. He is not my sweet, sweet prince. And speaking of prospects, Justin Fields is really climbing for me. I know he's going to be number two, but he looks great. 
Oh, he looks so Shame good. on yeah. Georgia. Yeah, Georgia, I think they'd like to have that one back because that's another game. They ended up getting blown the fuck out by Florida, 44-28 in their annual Jacksonville game. Shame on Georgia for getting getting smacked around. They're supposed to be a top-five team. And shame on them for letting Justin Fields go. Yeah, and it was kind of a tough spot for them to be in because, you know, Fromm as a a freshman – I mean, he gets them to a national championship game, and they're in position to win that game before the legend of Tua started, right? I mean, listen, I, I get you're going to be stuck behind him for a few years if you're Fields. I get what you're saying, but at the same time, like you had Kelly Bryant lead him to what was it, a national title game in, in Clemson, um, or or he was in the playoff, and then you also have your guy um, Jalen Hurts. Right, you've well, seen it multiple times over the past few years with these top five teams moving on from quarterbacks because they have a better guy. And listen, I think the the most important thing to do in college football is win the damn game, right? Well, it is the most important thing, but this is also a product you can't only blame the university because these kids they now are basically glamorized free agents. Like they can leave if they see a kid know that they're pretty much on the same track as them, and they've already redshirted, and this kid is a freshman goes and plays in a national championship game. You're 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 roadblocked. Um, so you go find a place where you where you think you can play, and and that's what Hertz did with, after after Tua took his job, and that's what Fields did to head in Ohio State. Moral of the story is that Georgia definitely definitely can't like that because Fromm didn't live up to what uh, he did his freshman year, and obviously Fields is balling out. Uh, Florida looked great. Trask, their starting quarterback, dude, threw for 467 yards yesterday. And uh, what's supposed to be a great Kirby Smart defense got the legend. I know. They, that defense just looked like uh, – I mean, I know they have probably have a couple potential first-rounders on it, but they, they looked like a bunch of two-star recruits. They looked really bad. They couldn't stop the pass at all, and Trask was just uh, aerating the hell out of them. You're another step closer to maybe Jim Harbaugh being your New York Jets head coach because another brutal loss for Michigan. They cannot beat Big Ten teams this year at all. At least they used to beat anybody that wasn't named Penn State, Ohio State, or Michigan State. Now they can't beat Indiana, who, albeit is 13th ranked in the country, uh, in they, a got, weird year. They, got, they got waxed. 38-21, this game was never close. And again, this Michigan offense is just year to year. They don't score points. Yeah, I mean, should I be excited to have Jim Harbaugh as my head coach? I think as a head, I think as a head football coach of an NFL team, yeah. I mean, because you've seen him be super successful and go to a Super Bowl and have the ability to pick guys. You know, you're not losing out on transfers who are saying Michigan's just not. It's not Ohio State. They're going to lose out in, in recruiting Ohio State every year. Yeah, and then we have the Pac-12 season opener. This Arizona State-USC game was one of the most fun games. Uh, USC comes back within the final three minutes, down two touchdowns, from what I remember, to win the game. Um, I didn't think this game was going to be played. I saw a Bleacher Report alert that there was a lot of COVID going on over there, and then I I obviously watched a little bit of the game, and then I I just was scratching my head. I was like, I I thought this game wasn't going to be played. Well, two other Pac-12 games weren't. The Arizona game and I think the uh, Utah game, That those were not played. But um, this game was a 9 a.m. Pacific time start. How wild is that? You imagine getting up in the morning and knowing that you have a your first game of the season's at 9 a.m.? Yeah, man. That means you're probably waking up at 5 a.m. to get to the facility and uh, get some stretching in and all that stuff. That's... 
that's a tough start, but USC seemed to figure it out. Their quarterback looked pretty good. Um, I like them as a team to win their side of the Pac-12. I do too, and uh, they've kind of been picked that way. Do we care about the Pac-12? I was just going to say, I I think we are doing it justice just this week to say that we finally have all five power conferences back, and we probably won't have to say another thing about the Pac-12 again the rest of this year. Yes, sir. Which is nice. Yes, absolutely. Um, You ready to move on? Tom, I'm ready to move on because this is your corner. We're a week from the Masters, my friend, and you said you had your notes. You're ready to go. You're fired up on uh, this Sunday. And I'm ready to let you just take this ball and run with it, my friend. Yes, sir. All right. So we've been waiting for this since, what, April? Since, yeah, mid-April, yep. This is the tournament, guys. This is the this is the reason why you watch golf. Go down to Augusta. Supposedly the course is going to play similar to how it does in April. How that happens, I don't know. Um, but listen, I'm not a I'm not a groundskeeper. I didn't go to college for that. So I'll let somebody no. else figure that out for me. Um, I've got a lot of guys to watch, and then I'll go over my foursome that that I that I'm interested in for anybody that's willing to wager top twenties, top twenty fives. Um, so let's go down my list of guys to watch first. I'm going to lead off with the old guys, Phil and Tiger, because I know you're going to ask me about Tiger. So, and I'm obviously not, we're not going to talk golf and not talk about him. Um, first of all, Phil, there's been a little bit of action on him to make the cut. I think if he doesn't finish in the bottom five of this tournament, I'd be shocked. That's my first point there. Didn't he play terribly in his last tournament that he played in? He's playing awfully. He finished last. He finished wow. dead last. And listen, the guy is absolutely ch- tearing it up on the Champions Tour because he outdrives everybody else by 65 yards because he can still hit the long ball. But this guy cannot keep the ball in the fairway. And listen, Masters is a second-shot course. Everyone knows that. But if you're not going to put the ball in the fairway, and he's been terrible at putting, and these are the toughest greens in golf to putt on. So I don't have Phil finishing anywhere near the top. Number two, Tiger. I think Tiger, who hasn't played recently, um, I think he's been basically gearing up for this tournament. Obviously, he is the reigning green jacket champ. He'll be picking the meal there. I don't expect some of the older gentlemen to show up, some of the former champions. But the younger guys will be there. I'm, I'm curious to see what he picks the meal to be. Tiger has a shot, in my opinion, to make the cut. But I just Do wrote we have down, odds on that, by the way? I don't have odds on it, but I, I, I bet you it's probably 5-1. to one. What what about uh, on him on his meal? That's what I'm asking. Do we have odds on his meal? I want no, to I, I didn't know. That. I didn't know. Let's just Google it. Because I'm interested in that. I want to know what Tiger's picking and what what the uh, what Vegas thinks he's going to go with as his entrees. Let's see. This is April seventh, twenty twenty. So this this might have been. This yeah, might this have been uh, what it was originally going to be. Um, I can't believe they write news articles about this, but we are, we're all losers. Um, <laughs> I asked the question. Yes, you did. Um, but you can't act like it wasn't a good question. Let's see. Um, he's a big milkshake guy, so there may all be right. milkshakes there. Um being born and raised in Southern California, having fajitas and sushi was in, was a part of my entire childhood. Hmm. Fajitas and sushi. Mm. Patrick Reed in 2019, Caesar salad or a wedge salad to start, main dish, prime, bone-in cowboy ribeye. Shocker, Patrick Reed, with herb <laughs> butter. 
Uh, Sergio Garcia in 2018. He did he win the Masters in 2018? 2017, probably. Right, he would have picked it in for 2018. Danny Willett, traditional British meal, yuck. Uh, Jordan Spieth, Texas guy. Let's see what he's got. Salad of local greens, main Texas course, Texas barbecue. Sean, you better get used Respect. to it, buddy. You better Respect. get used to it. Uh, Bubba Watson, you'll hear that name in a little bit. He won twice. Uh, Caesar salad to start, entree of grilled chicken breaths with sides of green beans, mashed potatoes, corn, macaroni, cheese. That's a good meal. That is a, yeah, that's Very vanilla. Vanilla, though. Vanilla. Yeah, but the mac and cheese is Speaking of which, his dessert was vanilla ice cream, so I'm not surprised there. And I'll just give you Phil Mickelson. A Spanish-themed menu with seafood. (laughs) I can't even pronounce this. Machango topped filet mignon entrees. My mouth is watering. I need to take a sip of water here. Jeez, oh, I'm go. starving. Oh, oh, by the way, fill. by the yeah. way, I, I think Texas was a red state. Could you not have moved down there a little bit earlier and made your vote count? Dude, tell me about it. I know. I, I really, if only I had a residence there by now and, a, and an ID, uh, driver's license, I would have been set. All right, they made so, some dents, though. They made some dents. All right, back yes. here. Back here. Um, so the meal, I don't know. Maybe Tiger goes a little bit more of a West Coast thing. There might be some avocados involved. Um, I definitely think milkshake will be a staple. But we're going to have Good. to see later on in the week, um, to be I'm honest. Excited. So what would your master's meal be, Sean? This is a basically the, the equivalent of me asking you, if you were on death row, what your final meal would be. Oh, easy. Uh, I, I like the mac and cheese uh, from before, so I think I'm going to start with probably a little crock of mac and cheese. Nice. Uh, and then you know you gotta if you're going if you're on death row or you won the Masters and you're and you're picking, you got to go with some kind of gourmet burger. I don't know what you put Ooh. on there, but you get some kind of you get some kind of like a uh, a little bit of like a salad bar kind of deal where you could just put a bunch of different stuff on the burgers. Maybe go a little. You know, like fried mm. onions, whatever, whatever fancy, whatever you fancy, you know. Um, and then you got to finish it up with some kind of, I don't know, I'm thinking like a chocolate graham cracker pie, something wow. along those lines. Okay. Yeah. What do you think about that? Obviously, a, a nice glass of uh, fine bourbon as well. Wow. Uh, what do you go? What do you go with? Well, to start for the drinks, I, I, I exclusively like Heineken. So that'll be my beer. Um, Fully stocked bar. Anybody can have their choice. Are you getting them to sponsor us, by the way? I'm hoping so. Heineken, shout out. Um, Fully stocked bar, whatever you want. I'm not much of a... Maybe maybe a vodka soda with lime would probably be my drink of choice. Um, And then for the non-alcoholic drinks, vanilla Coke is my favorite drink. (laughs) Vanilla Coke. And obviously milkshakes. I'm a big milkshake guy. Sometimes I go vanilla, but a lot of the time I'm a chocolate guy. Then for an appetizer, I'm going full on. And I feel like if you put the word gourmet in front of anything, it sounds better than just saying it. So I'm going Mm. full on gourmet pasta bar. Oh, with the little server, jerks. with the little skillets, and they can make up whatever you want. After yeah. that, I'm continuing that theme with a Reyos from the restaurant chicken parm oh. with penne. And then to finish it off, I'm going to go with two of my favorite desserts. My mom, I'm going to get her in the kitchen. She's making a double chocolate frosted cake and <laughs> key lime pie. Wow. And then coffee, obviously, to finish off. 
You're, you're so you're going all out. I, I gave an appetizer, a main course, a dessert, and a beverage, and you're you're pulling out all stops. This is this. If you were in a jail cell, this would literally take up your cell and the and your and the cell next to you. Absolutely, man. I mean, it's your last meal or or your master's meal. You won, so you get to pick. All right, so let's move on to some of the actual festivities and the players playing. Um, Moving on after that, Tony Finau and Dustin Johnson, I'm going to group them together. Dustin Johnson's obviously world number one. Tony Finau floats around the top 25 every single tournament. I reserve the right to observe them this weekend, and they've both been playing decently in Houston, but again, Houston, this tournament, the course designed by Brooks Kepka, by the way, is not even close to the Masters course. They both came down with COVID, so I'm keeping them out of it. I expect them to finish in the top 25. Do not expect them to win. Justin Thomas has been playing well, but hasn't been over to get over hasn't been able to get over the hump, including when he went into a shootout and Colin Morikawa beat him in the workday open. Following that, Colin Morikawa won a a um, a, a major tournament, um, and. He just hasn't been closing since the restart. He's blamed it somewhat on the fans. He hasn't been able to get amped up. I don't like any of that talk, to be quite honest with you. Another no, you've guy, had months now. Come on. Yes, another guy I want to talk about is the guy I just talked about, Brooks Kepka. Um, keeps saying he has a lower body injury. Apparently, he's a hockey player because he can't just tell us what the hell is wrong with him. And he just <laughs> says it's fucking below the waist. Um I know that he wants this tournament more than anyone. He doesn't just want to win U.S. Opens. I know he's got two of those under his belt. I know that he really wants this tournament, but I think with that injury, it's going to hold him back, especially with the guys that I have in my foursome. And then finally, the rookies. Uh, A rookie has not won Augusta since 1978. Now, I understand these rookies are pretty polished, so I'm not going to go with any younger players or any new-time players. So that eliminates... Victor Hovland, Colin Morikawa, Cantlay, and a few others from my top four. A little fun fact for you there, 1978, the last time. And I think golf is is a much deeper sport now. All right, so I'm going to give you my foursome now. You ready for this? Oh, I'm ready. My foursome to win the Masters. John Rahm, number one. Top 20s all over the board. He has figured out how to win ugly. I think he's going to grab this Masters. I think he's going to grab this major buy the horns and take it. He's learned how to win a lot of different ways. Hits the shit out of the ball. He's probably sitting in the 330s, 340s. He also is a great irons player and very good with the putter. Number two, can you guess who it is? Are you going uh are you going the big hitter here? I'm going with the big hitter. Bryson's oh best finish at Augusta. The mad scientist. Yes, the mad scientist. Beefy Bryson, his best finish at Augusta was number 21 as an amateur. But with that being said, that was also before he completely changed his game and basically took his irons out of his out of his hands, which he is terrible with. He is 150th in strokes gained from the fairway. Basically, that means he sucks at hitting his irons. But with that being said, he's taking his irons out of play. He is been an artist honestly with his wedges obviously you know about his long drives and if anybody ever had a question what it would be like for one of these long drives long drivers to figure out their golf game and what it'd be like for them to be on the pga tour here's your example at the highest level bryson dechambeau averaging about 390 to 400 yards with his drive which is just incredible especially because yeah especially because about 20 years ago the long hitter on the tour from 01 02 and 03 was 
your boy John Daly, and he was averaging about 302 <laughs> to boy. 200 to 307 yards. So Bryson's got him by about 100 yards. And you know what? Last year he was about in the 140s with strokes gained putting. He's in the top 10 this year, and that's key oh, with winning the Masters. So I think he's definitely going to be a guy to look at in the top 25s. Top 10s, maybe even a winner. So I'm going to give you a long shot here. This guy likes to win at the same courses all the time. Already said he doesn't like he's he's talked about his mental health, really opened up about it, and I appreciate that from him. And says it's kind of a relief to not have the fans on top of him, and he's been playing okay. a lot better since. And that's Bubba Watson. He's already got two under his belt. I like to see him as a little bit more of a long shot. Everybody else is picking him as a long shot, so I I guess I'm a fucking loser and I'm gonna pick it. It sounds like he's the anti Morikawa then, huh? He's happy with the no fans. Like yes. Really wants the fans to. to well, no, no, not Morikawa. That that's JT. Oh, that's JT. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yep. Yes, and then finally, coming off the birth of his child, he's had a couple of top fives at the Masters. Rory McIlroy, and I still think, in my opinion, at his best, he is post Tiger, being Tiger, the best golfer in the world. Hmm. So that's my Masters breakdown for you there. If I were to I guess who it. I think's gonna win, I think it's gonna be Bryson. I think he's going to give another fuck you to the golf purists. And by the way, these golf purists that are complaining about these guys wearing fancy hoodies, I think um, one of the golfers said it best. I've, his name deceives me. Oh, Harold, uh, Harold something the third. It, it, the problem with golf is that we're talking about wearing a hoodie on the course. Let's try and grow the game here. Sounds like baseball. Um, do you see any dark horses or wild cards that you didn't put in your foursome who could maybe make a run? Um, the only guy I could really see making a run that's somewhat of a dark horse is Justin Rose because he's turned okay. it around. Adam Scott came down with COVID, so I don't see that happening. Justin Rose. All right. Awesome, man. And the last question I have for you here, because uh, obviously we'll do a full breakdown next week after the tournament ends. Um, how do you see the courses playing and everything going now that we're playing here in November for the first time ever? Have you listened or heard anything? I've alluded to it earlier. I alluded, could be some craziness going on. I alluded to it a little bit earlier. I think they put in some fall trees, whatever those are. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if you're big into the uh, – I don't know what the fancy word is for, for being into plants. It's like, uh, it's like horticulture. Yeah, I don't know if you're big into the horticulture scene, but I don't really know what a fall plant is. If anybody wants to tweet at us at Sorry Sports <laughs> and enlighten me, I'm, I'm happy to learn. Um but I think you're going to see the trees be a little thinner, but apparently the course is almost identical, playing the same. The greens are going to be the same. So I think you're going to see some scores similar to what we see, and the players that play well here are going to do their thing. Awesome, man. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and I am still a little surprised that uh, you didn't go to school to be a greenskeeper. Um, yeah, me too. I'm depressed. Right? <laughs> awesome, man. Well, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a great weekend. Uh, thanks for breaking that down for us as only you can. And now let's get into uh, the final entree here, the final course as we're going to go with that analogy. This is our NFL Week 9. Give us a little... Uh, little repeat of our week eight picks that neither of us did well yeah i mean let's just talk about it man let's get it out of the way both you and i went one and three do you want to start off with the jets why the fuck did i give them enough that much respect why i felt like i felt like the dumbest kid in school watching that game on sunday completely agree with you at least i can go with the homer avenue so i have that in my back pocket you don't even have that 
21 so, points. It's like <laughs> you can't even fucking cover that. I know. But they I, didn't score a touchdown, right? They, they kicked three field goals? Yes, they, they yeah. did not get into the end zone. Um, I have a question for you. I was thinking about this on the ride back to my lovely my lovely childhood home here. Who would <laughs> who would you rather, Sam Darnold or Daniel Jones? I guess we can do this right now. Um, right now, I would go Jones because he's the younger. He's in year two um, as opposed to year three, so he has less starts. But it's a great question. I mean, we're in such a weird era right now. We're evaluating quarterbacks because, you know, the people who come out and said that, you know, remember that suck for Sam campaign. He was kind of the first one and um, you had to trade up to get him. But all these evaluators said, oh, he's going to he can't miss. And I've stuck with him for a long time up until recently. And they continue to talk about it. if he was anywhere else, he'd be great. And I'm like, listen, I get that, but he's not anywhere else, and this team doesn't score. It can't be all on the coach. It can't be all on the supporting cast. He has to do something. And I know he's hurt. He's not going to play Monday. And for Jones, I watch a guy who makes a couple plays a game where I'm like, there's no way that this guy can't be a quarterback for my team for the next 10 to 12 years. But then he does one or two absolutely obliviously stupid things a game where I'm like, how have you not learned from that? And he really is the young Eli because that's all Eli ever did. Eli was doing it into year 15, throwing the ball off the back foot, not getting rid of it on time. Um, It's hard. I'm going to go Jones just because he's been in the league less, but I don't really know if I feel tremendous about either of these guys. How about you? I'm going to go Trevor Lawrence here. (laughs) (laughs) That's a rat. That's a rat. I'm going to go with Sam Darnold just because I think he protects the ball a little bit better. One, he's my baby boy. And two, Daniel Jones is just very, very sloppy with the football, man. And it's not just his interceptions. He doesn't have good pocket presence. He doesn't have good pocket control. And he fumbles a lot. 36 turnovers since his first game last year. That by far leads the NFL. And the only reason that... He doesn't have much competition is because the person he was uh, battling with that for, James Winston, he's has not allowed to throw the ball. <laughs> he's not allowed to play the ball yet. So um, it's definitely alarming. I mean, I want to make this note to you. I want to see if you agree. So, like, you know, like 15 years ago, like when Eli was going through his growing pains, right? The first year he wins, he goes 1 7. Second year, they're an 11 5 team. They get blown out in wild card rounds. Second year, they're an 8 8 team. Uh, and they lose in the wild card round. And those teams were obviously much better. He had the same head coach. They had the same OC, uh, same GM. And then the next year, they end up winning the Super Bowl, but it's kind of fluky because he had games during that year where he was absolutely awful. I remember a game against Minnesota where he threw four picks. Three of them were pick sixes. And although they were 10 and 6, he had flashes of being great, but he had he just was terrible with that mental clock, right? Of pocket presence, getting rid of the ball on time, throwing the ball off the back foot, not protecting the ball. But he went on a run where he did everything well for four games, and they won a Super Bowl. And four years later, he did it again. And that's the crazy thing when we talk about Eli, is he was not the cleanest quarterback. He was very kind of gunslinger-esque, and he still made mistakes, like I said before, going into later in his career that really rookies don't even make or shouldn't make. I don't know with Jones. I'm never going to think he's going to be a guy where I'm like, 
you're a top five quarterback in the league. But I also don't – do you watch him and be like, wow, this guy can't play the position? No, I don't really see that. It's just I, I don't think he's – I think Eli was – I think Eli was doing it more because he was like, I have to make this throw to win the game or, or Which to take the Which is weird because lead. the teams were better than, yes. than this current team. But I think Eli just always had that in him where it's like he didn't care and he was going to make the throw that probably wasn't the best idea, but – Thought he could make a play. I just think Daniel Jones sometimes has a deer in the headlights, doesn't know what the fuck is going on look. I think that's the difference between the two of them. Where it's mm. like, okay, Eli is going to throw this ball into double coverage because he thinks his guy can make a play and he need, he knows that they need a big play to win this game. I think Daniel Jones is under pressure and instead of throwing the ball away or trying to run for three yards, he just... Throws off his back foot, spinning backwards, tosses it up, and the cornerback's like, all right, this is a can of corn. Yeah, no, I'm with you, and that's really the— That's the difference between the two of them that concerns me. Yeah, that's an interesting analysis, and I definitely see some of that, too. It's really hard because— There's I, a difference in the NFL between—there's mental errors that, as a young quarterback, you can accept. A young quarterback trying to do too much and throwing an interception, Right. right? into double coverage or because he didn't see something or, or missing, missing uh, a coverage, uh, calling it out at the line, yeah, some guy rushing or yeah. whatever, right? But Daniel Jones, I just think some of these plays are completely inexcusable. And Eli had a couple plays where you bang your head against the wall because you have a good defense and you think, okay, so what? They go four and out here and they punt. We can get a stop on defense and get back out there and hopefully make a play then. But at least Eli, it's like he was always trying to make a play. Daniel Jones, I don't feel that way. I don't feel as if some of these errors that he makes, he's trying to make a play. I just think sometimes he doesn't know what the fuck is going on. I think it's both. So that first pick he threw, he literally didn't know what the fuck was going on. Like that first pick he threw out of halftime, just didn't even see the corner. It's like, what are you doing? The second one was he was literally trying to make, trying to throw the tight end over, or throw Slayton open. No, he definitely has some of sense. those plays, but I think he has too many more of the first one that you mentioned, which was like, what the fuck is going on? Because listen, him and Darnold the same show flashes. That pass oh, he threw do. to Deion Lewis in the corner of the end zone was an Beautiful. absolute. I mean, Danny Dimes. That's it was the, you yeah, couldn't have put that ball in a better spot too to end the, to to set it up for the two point conversion. That was where only the receiver could get it. Pass interference or no? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was called. <laughs> I mean, it was both because they're like, well, why didn't he, he should have thrown the ball earlier? I'm like, he should have thrown the ball earlier. He also should have gotten a second attempt. But yes, um, I'll leave I, I put on that Jones. on both because it was it was in my opinion pass interference, but also he probably should have thrown that ball about three seconds earlier. And I he, say the and, same thing, man. And the, who was it that caught the ball? Who was it that went for the ball? Was it Gallman? No, it was Lewis. Lewis could have waltzed into the end zone. Yeah, it was both. He should have thrown it earlier, but he also should have had a second chance at another play. Um, the last thing I'll leave with Jones before we get into and I want to hear you talk a little bit about Darnold, especially what you saw of him last week due to his shoulder and what you, whether you thought he was hurt or not. Um Art Stapleton, who covers the Giants, and I think he's one of the most credible beat reporters for the Giants. He does a lot of work in the athletic. And he said that, you know, when comparing Jones to Eli and people talking about, you know, young Eli and all this, Eli committed the cardinal sin on arguably the greatest play in Super Bowl history, which is throwing the ball in, down the middle of the field to no one in particular off his back foot. And, you know, out of, out of nowhere – 
David Tyree catches that ball. And if he doesn't catch that, that ball, we're talking about a guy who. I agree. I agree with that, that, but at the same time, at the at the same time, Eli's trying to make a play. Daniel Jones, I just think, has a huge deer in the headlights look. And listen, maybe with time, he will end up being better than Darnold. From what I saw from Darnold, I mean, listen, this team, when your best offensive player is, I don't know, Brashad Perriman, I mean, what can you do? Becton's been a standout. There's been that corner, number 31. I think his name is Bless, Bless Sawson. He's looked really good. Their defense is not terrible, honestly. Um, but when you're playing when you're playing Kansas City, you're going to get blown out. I didn't see much from Darnold, and he does look a little compromised out there. And he's also running for his life. I feel so bad for Darnold. And the reason that I love both of these kids, but the reason I love Darnold so much is he has every right to say, even in a polite way, can somebody fucking help me out? Yep. Like, you're costing me my career. Yeah, he constantly, constantly takes the high road and it's what you have to do and it's what I expect of him just knowing from what I've seen the type of guy he is and you know what the the best way you can put it is it's a shame because I think the Jets and the Giants may be picking one and two here and we may be looking at different quarterbacks next year Jets most likely like 99.9% I'm saying a quick prayer right now Sadie is probably out there wagging her tail when I talk about Trevor Lawrence so I mean she's a big Jets fan too so well, yeah, she needs Trevor Lawrence. Uh, the entire franchise, the entire fan base needs Trevor Lawrence. And, yeah, there's a chance that the Giants go with the, with somebody like a Fields or a Trey Lance. I mean, the, the thing is, is neither team wants to have to pick a quarterback again because this would mean it would be the third, you know, after three years, the Jets are picking a quarterback again. And after two years, the Giants are picking a quarterback again. I mean, if that doesn't show organizational ineptitude, nothing does. But Although I do like – uh, yeah, absolutely. You look at the Cardinals and you look at the Miami Dolphins again, trading a second rounder for – I mean, Josh Rosen's the butt of both of these jokes. But, I mean, you go out and you get your guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I really like what Joe Douglas has been doing with the Jets. Um. I, I want him to be able to get his head coach in there. He's really put a stamp on this team. I like the way he's getting rid of guys and that aren't going to be with the team any longer, and, and he's getting capital for them. And I honestly like what the Giants have done on the other side, too. I think both – you can feel good about both over, oh, overall regimes. What I mean by that is I do like Douglas. He has a great pedigree, and he hasn't had a chance to really put his – stamp on this team aside from the short moves he's done you've gotten a lot of draft capital you've traded guys away um and you obviously know that this year is a lost year and you hope that you're going to luck into and not even luck lose your way into trevor lawrence whereas the giants and obviously gettleman's been the butt of a lot of jokes too and in some cases deservedly so but let's remember you and i are in agreement that those first two years were uh or the first year in particular was really a uh that was an ownership decision to try to win again when in reality you they can't were no shit on the guy you can't shit on the guy completely um i know he took saquon but Listen, that, again, probably was an ownership decision, and he wanted to draft a Hall of Famer. I understand that. Um, and all his moves haven't been bad. I mean, Bradbury's been a standout. They've, Martinez has been awesome. Even that Leonard Williams trade, that was shit on. I mean, Leonard Williams was the highest-graded player in the game last Monday on both teams, on both offense and defense. And he's really made this Giants defense pretty decent. Um, and the other thing, too, is he's drafted well. 
you know, maybe his top picks have not worked out, and that's ultimately what you're going to be judged on. But he has done a really good job of making sure that the cab, the uh, cupboard's not bare if and when he leaves at the end of this season. There's playmakers on this team. Uh, obviously, Slayton's turned into a big deal. He was a fifth rounder. Uh, there's players all over the place. Darnay Holmes has played well. Tomlinson was his draft pick. So uh, Lorenzo Carter was playing great before he got hurt. So you do feel good about the direction of these teams. The only thing is, do they have their quarterbacks? We don't know yet. Um, Joe Judge, by the way, just want to throw this out there. He's got to win some games for me to really, really love him. But my God, I like everything he's done. He sent Golden Tate home. Golden Tate's inactive today. May not be, may be cut because he was just being an absolute malcontent on the sidelines last week with Jones not getting him the ball and they called him out in the film room and said don't even bother coming the rest of this week or or coming to uh, Washington and that's just showing we're not going to tolerate I don't care if you're a veteran or not we're not going to tolerate that this is not the kind of player we want on our team we're losing with you we can certainly win or lose without you so I love that absolutely man I, I like the job that he's been doing Given the circumstances, um, I think he can go out there and maybe win you guys one or two more games. And and you guys were in that game last week. And I have to say, your defense looked pretty staunch given the circumstances. We've been in pretty much every game outside of the 49er game. And that's, for a bad team, you know, that's exciting. And I got to ask you a question, man, heading into Monday night. I know we're going to make our picks in a minute, but... Just what is your sentiment with Darnold not playing? You said, you, did you feel like he was compromised on Sunday? And if he's not playing Monday, do you just shut him down? Or is it like, no, as soon as you're healthy, we need to see what you've got? I think it's an as soon as you're healthy, we need to see what you've got. But let's make sure he gets healthy this time because clearly he's been playing compromised since he was out with that bum shoulder that I believe he injured yet yeah, in that Thursday night game against Denver. Um, the only chance the Jets had to win pretty much, and they went ahead and lost that game. Um, again, we're really getting railed with these primetime games. I mean, there's a good one tonight. Don't get me wrong, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, but New England Jets, come on. It's terrible because every year the NFL should know that the Jets are not good and stop scheduling them against the Patriots. If you're going to schedule them, have them play Denver. At least that was a good game. That was a game till the end. Don't play them. I know the Pats are not what the Pats usually are, but they scheduled it. That was the seeing ghost game last year. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you making us watch this game on Monday night for? And I feel the same with the Giants. I understand the Giants have the pedigree and they're New York's number one team. And But I'm like, they haven't been good in a few years. Nobody, even Giants fans, don't want to wait till Monday night to watch the Giants play. Yeah, and I really wanted to see that Pittsburgh game in its entirety that in a primetime game. How is that game Speaking of which, Sunday or Monday? my one winning pick. I should have made that my sperm bank, but... Um, I went ahead with the Chargers, and again, they blow a 21-point lead, and fuck me. <laughs> Herbert looks great. I can't say anything else to that. It's amazing. Yeah, it, it was it was unbelievable. Um, but yeah, so you and I both went 1-3. and three. Um, Don't feel good about that, but I'm feeling a good comeback this week. All right, and you got to get back on track with your sperm bank because uh, soon that bank may close. Yes, absolutely. No sponsor this week because... We are in uh, we're in desperate need. Um, so let's start off with the Giants, who are playing, I believe, yeah, a one o'clock game. They are at Washington, and they are underdogs by three and a half points. They are. I'm going Washington in this game. 
Um, nice, I am as well. I think the Giants will – I think this game is going to be very similar to the first game that they played when it was the Giants' only win. But remember, they only won by one, uh, and they needed to stop Washington on a controversial two-point conversion. Um, a lot of up in the air of whether they should have went for it or not. The Giants did not do anything in the second half of that game, and that front four of Washington obviously is, is dominant. And I know the Cowboys are completely – decimated and they may not win again this year and that's horrifying to think about what they could do in the draft if they are as bad as they are but that's a conversation for another time Washington absolutely blew them the fuck out and that wasn't even close and that was when most of the damage was when Dalton was playing so I like this Washington defense this game will not be high scoring today I could see it being something like 18 to 15 or uh, 18 to 14 rather the Giants two touchdowns probably is the most they're going to get done I think uh, Danny Jones is going to continue the, the the trend of throwing picks and, and creating turnovers for his team on a bad end, not on a good end. And I think Washington's going to be able to win this game by more than three and a half points. Yep. All right. So we're in lockstep there. Let's go to the Meadowlands. The Jets are home on Monday night at 8.15 p.m. They are underdogs by seven and a half points. Give me New England minus seven and a half. I know this isn't the New England that we know, and I'm absolutely loving that it's not the New England that we know. But I think Cam's going to come out a few weeks off of COVID a little bit stronger. I think they're going to be able to just run the ball down the gut of the New York Jets, especially with uh, flaccid Flacco playing, as I like to call him. (laughs) Throws a flaccid ball out there. Um, And, yeah, give me New England seven and a half. Maybe Flaccid Flacco could be a sperm bank sponsor. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but that, uh, yeah, all I need to know in this game is it's Belichick versus the Jets. It's Flacco starting a quarterback. And every halfway decent player you had on defense, you've traded. So yes. this will probably be an ugly game. And the Patriots probably won't look great because I don't think they are great. But couldn't you see something like 23-6? to six? Absolutely. And that'll get us a cover. Sean, what's your third game? You're out of market. First out of market. I'm going to Tennessee today, my man. Um, Titans are hosting the Bears, uh, and they're a a five-and-a-half-point favorite at home down in Nashville today. And the Titans have lost two in a row. They got pretty much killed by Pittsburgh. I know the game, the final score was close, but that game really wasn't close. And then they went up to Cincinnati last week and just, I don't know what happened. Uh, Burrow played great. The Titans' defense, it's kind of, eh, it's not great, but they really were terrible in that game, and they didn't really score either. Um, I can't really chalk that up to anything more than a fluky game because I think the Titans are probably the third or fourth best team in the AFC, Um, especially when they're clicking on all cylinders. I think they'll get back on track. The Bears, there's dysfunction there. Foles and Nagy are going at it. Uh, They don't score a lot of points. That was. Did you hear Aikman, by the way, last week? Did you watch any of that Bears Saints game where he was just absolutely killing the Bears? It was like I think it's it time to get Mitch game. back. Well, Mitch is hurt, so they can't bring him back yet. But I do think there's a chance. Anyway, this team's in dysfunction, so I like the Titans covering this five and a half point spread at home tonight. I like that pick. Um, at the very least, that when Mitch is healthy, at least he can run. Mm-hmm. I think he has given – I mean, I know Foles, we're going to hold on to that Super Bowl miracle whatever for him forever. But I think him and him and Foles at fo- this point in Foles' career are about the same passer. And I just think at least you have the running aspect with um, with 
What's his face? Trubisky. Trubisky. Remember uh, too, real fast. I said the Bears. Remember, I said that they're the least impressive, like five and zero or five and one team, whatever they were at the time. They're starting to come back down to where I thought they were. So yes, absolutely right on that one. They are the Fugazius team, probably in the NFL, and the second Fugazius team in the NFL. I am going to pick against, and that is the Buffalo Bills. Ooh. At home, give me, give me Seattle minus two and a half. I like this spread oh, that we are I being given. This. I love this pick by you. I think Russell Wilson's going to shove the ball down their throat. Jamal Adams is coming back. I think that's going to be able to kind of shut down a little bit of Josh Allen's deep ball. And he hasn't really been throwing the deep ball of recent. I know it was really windy um, in the last game that he played, but... I think that they are not going to be able to keep up with the Seattle Seahawks and that dynamic defense with the greatest wide receiver since Jerry Rice, and that is DK Metcalf. Oh, my God. Um, and I know, give, me Seattle, me give me Seattle minus two and a half. I love this pick by you. I love this game. Um, a little more to kind of help you feel better about this. Everybody talks about those West teams coming east for a 1 o'clock game. The Seahawks have won seven. They've won seven in a row. East Coast games. I believe they're like ten and nine. Maybe I know that I saw the stat on the bottom line today on ESPN saying they've won their last seven. So Jeez. hey, it could be ten, but either way, um, I, I, I like this pick by you. I think they'll keep that trend up too. Yes, sir. All right, give me your last pick, and then we'll roll right into the sperm bank pick of the week with no sponsor this week. I need to get back. All right, looking forward to hyping that up. I'm going to Indianapolis, where the Baltimore Ravens are three and a half point. Uh, favorites on the road against Phil Rivers. Phil Rivers fucked me in week one. I try not to pick him, but I'm coming down on too many teams that I don't like to pick. I'm not even going to talk about what Kirk Cousins did to me last week. You've never I don't liked wanna... to pick them. Come on. I, I don't, and Atlanta's another one. Um, and, and honestly, whatever team, I mean, I didn't like the Chargers for the last few years, and, and now he's found his way over to Indy. But I'm going to take the Ravens in this game. They're on the road. They need to get back on track. I, they really did, I think, play well enough to win that game last week. Pittsburgh is just, they're the class of the AFC right now, and Baltimore has to get there. But I think they'll handle it. Um, T.Y. Hilton's out. Uh, where it seems to be normal around this time of year. So uh, I think Rivers can throw some picks, and Baltimore's going to get back on track, um, creating you know turnovers and then letting Lamar cook. And as you know, as long as they have a lead, they don't usually relinquish it. So I like in a pretty high-scoring game, I like the Ravens to win this game by at least three and a half points. I like that pick as well. Final pick, my sperm bank pick of the week, brought to you by no one this week. I feel like I've said that too many times <laughs> over the last three years is I am going to Arizona. I've picked two teams coming off a bye this week. Well, you did as well because Washington's coming off a bye. Give me the Arizona Cardinals minus four and a half. Miami traveling over to the West Coast. And I really didn't like what I saw it too. I know he didn't have to do too much. That was the biggest head scratcher of a game I've ever seen. I was trying to figure out who scored fantasy points, and I saw Tua had 93 yards passing. I was like, what the fuck happened? Oh, I guess a running back must have gone off. Nope. They, I think, got one offensive touchdown, and that was on a fumble recovery at the one-yard line that they just punched in. The rest was special teams and defense. Um, I think Arizona is going to shred them. Wow. Sperm Bank pick of the week. I like it. I think this is a good pick by you to get back on track, too, because I got to ask you a question. Who, if you had a gun to your head right now, who's winning the AFC East? Hmm. You know, I was thinking about this on the car ride up, too. It's a long car ride. Um, 
<laughs> Sheesh. I mean, in my opinion, I'm going to put it, uh, even if with Miami losing this game, I'm going to put it between Buffalo and Miami. But then always, the only team you really can eliminate is the Jets. Yeah. I don't even think you can write off the Pats yet. But I'm going to stick with Buffalo if you're really going to put a gun to my head. Yeah, that's kind of my my thing. Because you could kind of talk your way into all three minus the Jets, right? Because even but though the Buffalo really hasn't five, beaten any good teams this year. No, they haven't. And as long as they keep that trend up, they'll be good enough to win the division. But yeah. I think that the Pats and Bills, they've only played once, right? And it was last week, or have they yes. played twice? They, they they've played only once. played once. Um, I think the, the next game is later on in the season. Uh, again, I, I think the Bills are the second most Fugazi team in the league, and I think they're poised to get blown out in a first-round playoff game. But I still think they're going to win the division. Okay. Yeah, well, it's going to be fascinating because if your picks from today hold up, and this whole week, rather, then the Pats will be three and five. The Dolphins and Bills would have just lost, and then they'll probably be what a game or two games out, and they play the Bills and the Dolphins each one more time. Yeah, and they man. got the Jets. They've got the Jets twice, counting tomorrow. So. Path to the path to the playoffs for the Patriots, who are looking doom and gloom now. Another interesting thing that you and I just did. I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. We went all favorites, no dogs this week. I didn't even realize that. That's yep. good. All right. All minuses across the board. That'll be interesting to see. I mean, usually one dog sneaks through, but hey, if we could both go 4 and 0, that'd be nice for us. If you could go 0 and 4 and I could go 4 and 0, that'd be even nicer. Can I be honest with you about this week? It'd be impossible for that to happen, but still. I don't like really a lot of these games. This Neither week. do I. I was going through the slate that you sent me to make sure that our our odds were all on point and I was like I don't really like any of these games. Denver is a massive head scratcher. I, I don't know what's going to go on with that game. I mean, what is their spread? I'm looking for it here. They're plus three and a half against Atlanta. Atlanta's been playing better since they fired Quinn. I, I don't really like what I see with Denver. But then again, Drew Locke without any pressure might be able to step that, into some is that throws. Game, is that, that game game's in, in Atlanta. Yeah. So, I mean, that one makes me scratch my head. I mean... Minnesota at Detroit. Both those teams suck. I guess Vegas is saying Minnesota's at home and they suck a little bit less than Detroit. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't know, man. I don't know either. Well, we'll, we'll stick Dallas with spread I mean, seems a little low. Oh, yeah, dude. What is that spread? Isn't it like ten and a half? I got it at five and a half. Five and a half? Second sperm bank pick of the week. Pittsburgh Steelers on the road. Minus five and a half. Bonus. Oh. Fuck! Bonus sperm bank pick of the week. I, I I have to think of it. No, this will not count. But no, it won't. But I mean, I'm giving a little bonus out there if anybody wants to throw any money on five that. Five and a half, really? Yep. I mean, and I they're starting. Who are they starting? I mean, is it? I don't it's care. It's Nucci. It's some other kid uh, making it's, his. First he's got a cool start. name. Oh, fuck! I forgot his name. Um, it's not Swag Kelly. No. They had him on the team last year, and they cut him. It's not Cooper Rush, either. It's not? Oh, that's who no. I was thinking. Cool name, no, though. It's not, it's, cool yeah, name. it is a cool name. Not Cooper Rush. It's a. I think it ends with a G. I think his last name starts with a G. No, no. That's that's the the Jacksonville. No, I, oh, I no. Garrett like Gilbert. Garrett Gilbert. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, interesting. Uh, you can honestly, I don't know if you can go wrong with a guy with two first names. 
<laughs> Maybe that's what they said. Jerry just like, hey, but, two first names. All I know is that team fucking blows. And Pittsburgh is – what more do they need to do? Five and a half point favors. That's, that's, un, that's unbelievable to me. Yeah, second sperm – baby sperm bank pick of the week. <laughs> baby sperm bank pick of the week. Pittsburgh plus five and a half going down to Dallas. You got anything else for me, buddy? Got nothing else, man. Um, looking forward to all the sports this coming week. Again, so happy that we have a president-elect. That's not Donald Trump. And uh, shout out to uh, some- shout out to everybody to go to get out there and vote. Let's let's continue that patriotism, though. Let's now that now that it's done. Let's not just go back into the house. Let's continue the the unitedness and the patriotism. Yeah, and also, you know, continue to vote on your local and state levels, too, because we still want, the Senate still belongs to the Republicans, and uh, the Democrats lost some spots in the House, too. I, so. I'm not a Democrat, so as long as they're not crazy, Trumpster is a little competitive balance. But then again, you could argue the other side that that means nothing's going to get done. You got McConnell, and you've got Graham still in there, and to me, that's still a bad thing. Yeah, but, um, those, they're never going to... Kentucky's never going to lose, and wherever the fuck Graham's from is never going to lose. Yeah, South so. Carolina. Anyway, I'm hoping to maybe get a little rest the rest of this week uh, and not be so on edge. How about yourself, sir? What do you got going on? Just work, and, uh, you know, Dino Hype Co. is still up and running. If anybody wants to check out the website, of course, I've been selling a few things on there, and, and that's pretty much it. I'm going to enjoy this Sunday. Um, at least you got some of this weather in before you head down to Texas. I know it's nice down there, but you might as well take advantage of this the nice fall leaves with the heat. Freaking great, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. I'm sure you are, too. Are you getting back out on the links anytime soon? I played yesterday. Um, actually, yesterday was the hardest day I ever had booking a tee time because I waited on it. And me and my friend ended up having to go out and play the worst course I've ever played at. And we drove out to Long Island to play it. Wow. But then we finished off the night. On the way home, I said, fuck it, let's stop. And we played flushing pitch and putt under the lights. A lot of fun. <laughs> there you go. I like it, man. Good yeah, so it was you. a nice date with my friend. I got my first kiss. Yeah, so it was, it was yeah, exciting. That's good. Yes. Yeah. Now you know what it's like when, when, when Frenchie was here. The yuck. <laughs> um, yeah, man. So now I'm three weeks out from moving. How fucking wild is that? Crazy, man. Uh, I'm excited for you, though. I am I'm definitely it, excited for you. New start. Hey, listen, there's a lot going on down there. I hear it's a good time. Every time you Google best states to live, best place to live in, Austin's at the top of the list uh, with all those fucking hipsters down there. It should be fun. <laughs> That's going to be cool, no doubt. And then once this is over, obviously, we're doing a live pod from down there. So. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Well, enjoy your week, my friend. We will speak later on in the week. Hopefully, our picks go well. And, um,. Everybody enjoy their Sunday. Take care, everybody. Enjoy the weather, and uh, thanks for turning out and voting, and uh, continue to stay safe. Yes, sir. Later.